On this week's episode, things turn sour for the entertainment industry. Is it time for Roku to get weird? And is this the end of the McRib? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Vampires, and Vitae, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, which is part of the Wizards and Wine Emporium, plus also as well everything that we do at PopCultureCosmos.com. Of course, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you can see an absolute ton of stuff relating to the world of tabletop RPG games. My gosh, there are hours and hours in the archive for you to just rummage through watch and enjoy right there for you at pop culture cosmos on facebook and oh by the way did i mention that we cover the latest news and trends each and every day right there for you at pop culture cosmos on facebook because it's so easy and so efficient for us to go ahead and just put the news right there for you so you can go ahead and check it out so go ahead follow or like our page and you'll get the latest news and trends right there for you in pop culture Plus, also as well, you can check us out each and every time out, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to us today there. Also, on Melinda's channels as well, please don't forget to subscribe there as well so you can get the latest notifications on when each of us go live on the air. And if you could do all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend, she is the mistress in blue, black, or whatever it is color that's behind <laughs> her. She turned on a new light, so it kind of changed everything on the perspective there. But you know what? She is nonetheless exciting with everything that she brings to you in regards to Vampires and Vitae. And of course, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. She is a voiceover artist extraordinaire. She is a vital, vital part of the pop culture cosmos and everything that we do. Plus, check her out each and every time out. At the demolition force, whenever she stops by, it is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, November is here. A lot of good things coming up. Black yeah. Friday approaches us. Our holiday gift guide. I already talked to both you and also Josh. I sent you guys a word on I'm expecting, or I can say, I'm hoping, mm -hmm. I should say, some good stuff that you're going to go ahead and pass along. Not only for us, as far as uh, what I can go ahead and correlate here on the show, and what you can correlate here on the show as far as good holiday gift guides that you can go ahead and share to our audience, but I also hopefully will be able to translate that on the popculturecosmos.com site as well. But 
always good things are happening when you are here talking pop culture, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I I already have a lot of that list. Ooh, the, as I always like to say, the hamsters are running around the habit trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and there's a couple of them on the list that are very high on my also Christmas request list. So. Oh, that is the Robbie Ross, you better get it for me uh, unless mm. you want to continue in the current state of affairs that we have <laughs> list. Is that right. correct? Okay. You imagine? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Robbie Ross? You've been duly warned, my friend. Mm, All right. right. Happy. It's like happy holidays. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's not even a little bit true. But uh, yeah, I I've got a couple of things already on my list that uh, I am like personally very excited about, very curious about. And uh, I'm going to do as much digging on all of these things as I possibly can to make sure that, you know, my list is complete and it is not just accurate, but informative and um, enough to convince you to buy them for someone in your life who may be into doing a little bit of streaming. There you go. We'll yeah. wait and see. I look forward to it. We're going to run those shows in the fir- around the first week of December, either late November, first week of December, just after the very busy Black Friday holiday. So probably we're going to be running that in the first week of December. So look for that. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos Holiday Gift Guide. Not just one, but two episodes. Because Josh was complaining, say, you know what? We cannot devote just a half an episode like we always do. We got to go ahead and devote an episode. So I say to Josh, why don't we just go ahead and do two? So mm-hmm. go, Melinda and I, and Josh and I, will be going ahead and talking about some great stuff for the Holiday Gift Guide coming up here in just a little bit from your friends at Pop Culture Cosmos. And of course, you know, I could see you and Robbie Ross in the car, you're driving along and you know what would be great? Not only adding this for the Holiday Gift Guide, Robbie, but you know, honey, <laughs> great to go ahead and get one of these as an example, you right? Know, or yeah, go ahead and utilize for quite some. <laughs> and just the biggest smile, hey, please. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you got to give the eye. Yes, yes, the eye. Do the mm-hmm. eye thing. Yes, mm-hmm. 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 yes. I'm a, when my wife does it, I'm a sucker every single time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we got a lot of great things to talk about on today's program. We got a ton of things going on, not always great, and some good news as well. I want to make sure everybody knows that there's some good news for PlayStation fans, which Melinda is obviously a big fan of. And if you've mm-hmm. been listening to the show, so some good news in regards to Call of Duty, kind of a clarification, especially with the Activision Blizzard thing still. Going through the governments, government got by government as far as getting approval, still yet to be approved by the UK and US. But there was some good news announced by Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox. So that's coming up here in a bit when it concerns Call of Duty. Also, as well, the bad news is regards to several different entertainment industry companies are in financial turmoil because the latest reports from many of these, as far as earnings calls, were not good. We actually reported many of them on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. We'll talk about just some of them coming up, including Warner Brothers Discovery, Lionsgate, the CW, and there's a lot of hard questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves and talk about. That's coming up here in a little bit. We'll also talk about some of the Netflix new releases, including Manifest, the final season. A lot of people are excited for that. And, oh my gosh, the irony of it all, Netflix already has debuted the series called Blockbuster, based off 
loosely off the final blockbuster that's still available. So the joke in that, I think, is a really a, just right there for you if you know the history between Netflix and Blockbuster. So we'll talk about both of those shows coming up in a bit. Speaking of streaming, Roku is something that's gone under the radar for quite some time, but Roku is one of the few entities out there that's actually doing pretty good, and now it's getting into scripted television. And what do they start off with one of their first scripted television projects with? Of course, a somewhat fictional biographical look at Al Yankovic called Weird, the Al Yankovic story. So we're going to talk about Weird, the Al Yankovic story on the show and why you should still catch it because it is, is it satirical of a satire of something he did as far as his satirical songs throughout his entire career? We'll go ahead and talk about the satire on a satire on a satire coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, Causeway, Jennifer Lawrence returns to television on Apple TV+. Plus. We'll talk about that and her career, where it's at, coming up here in a bit. The PlayStation VR 2, well, that got announced as far as a release date and a price. We'll talk about if this is something that's a good value. We'll talk to, I want to hear from Melinda, because the PlayStation fan that she is, is she a fan of the PSVR 2? That's coming up here in a bit, and also as well, that we're hearing word as far as a promotional thing for McDonald's that the end is near for the McRib as far as a, a final countdown to the final days that the McRib will be on sale. Is this the truth or are they just putting us on? We'll talk about that on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Call of Duty's future on PlayStation because this past weekend with the release of Modern Warfare 2, which has garnered records from the PlayStation Store. The PlayStation, PlayStation was so quick over the weekend to tell you that it has broken records. It has done so tremendously well, beyond all expectations. The PlayStation Store has never done better on a game than the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. They were so quick to put that out there. And of course, not long thereafter... The head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, wanted to clarify the position of Call of Duty going forward, saying it will Call of Duty will always be on a PlayStation. So your thoughts on this? Obviously, you're 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 excited to hear the news as far as Call of Duty now being confirmed as being on PlayStation going forward. I understand that's a lot of money for Xbox, but if they're ever going to be able to get into position where they're going to be able to to make it attractive for everyone to go ahead and lean towards an Xbox or an Xbox Games Pass, which is more important to them. I think that Call of Duty had to be the kicker, and now it looks like that Call of Duty is going to stay on a multi-platform basis. Well, at least this version of Call of Duty looks like it's going to. Or did he say that like forever yeah, and Call, always? It'll he, be said the, he said the Call of Duty IP will be on a PlayStation platform continuously as long as there's a PlayStation again. Now, gotcha. that Warzone was always going to be something that's multi-platform because that's been multi-platform since it went free-to-play, since it actually debuted as a free-to-play entity. But he's talking about Call of Duty. So I get to understand it's a very vague statement. So you could continue to say it just could be Warzone. But I have a feeling, especially seeing the record sales, that I'm going to have to go against what I predicted earlier or was leaning towards earlier and saying that they are going to go ahead and appear on PlayStation platforms going forward. Yeah, I, you know, it, it could be that, uh, you know, 
Call of Duty goes ahead and gets a, a bit of a rework and a new title. This will be the the one for the last two years, as far as the main entity, as far as there will not be a annualized entry next year. Yeah, it'll continuously be on PlayStation because they're not doing that anymore. Well, no, they will be going first. No, there'll be more Call of Duties. There are more Call of Duties in development. Those will be also going, according to Phil Spencer, on PlayStation. It's just that they're going to skip a year. I guess is what they're saying. Yeah, I just I just wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, just change the title of the IP and then they didn't lie. Do you know uh, what I mean? That's a big that's a big thing because Call of Duty. I mean that IP is make. Uh, I mean they're, they have, they have Minecraft. My Microsoft owns Minecraft, and right. they they are it's on every platform. They didn't take right. it off every platform. I think it just makes them too much money when all of a sudden done. You know. I think it's probably not the best strategic move. In fact, that I'm saying that if I was him, I may sacrifice some front-loaded cash in order to get more people to go to Xbox Games Pass down the road. When the first available Call of Duty that they don't have to put on a PlayStation platform, I would have done it as a exclusive entry just so I could try and gauge how much interest in people hopping over to the new platform. I at least would have tried it for a year. I could always go back after a year or put it on a delayed status after a year. You know, I, I would have just tried it this way. He's already boxed himself in saying it's going to be on PlayStation forever. That pretty much says, you know, what, call of duty is going to be on PlayStation for, for a continuous amount of time, just like Minecraft is going to continue on PlayStation. But I just would have tried it for at least a year. Once the contractual obligations to PlayStation was done, just to see if people or how many people would have hopped over to Xbox. Yeah, that that would have been a, a smart. That will be a smart strategy. Um, there's also you don't think you, know, that, you don't think that actually you're you're not putting a pass them, are you? No, I'm not at all. And I also think that you know you could be looking at delayed releases. You know, uh, release it on Xbox first, have it live there for a couple of months, and then release it to PlayStation. Like I, I can see you know that kind of stuff happening. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's still a possibility. Just yeah, just because he said it does, it, it will be on PlayStation doesn't mean that there will be, or there will not be a delay or or an exclusive for a period or timed exclusive for a period of time. I just, for me, I just would have tried it once, you know, after the because I think they have to do two or three more Call of Duties on there contractually. Regardless, they have to two, the next two or three Call of Duties have to go on PlayStation. That's something that they signed before that. That Microsoft bought uh, Blizzard and Activision. Blizzard and Activision, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. so that's something that they already agreed to. Like for instance, your Diablo Four, they mm-hmm. uh, the already contract has been signed to go. You know, was signed beforehand and agreed upon to go onto PlayStation platforms. So that's something that they have to go ahead and appear multi-platform. Diablo Five, we don't know yet, but that's like you know that's somewhere down the road. But it's like a decade away. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. Same thing they said on the Xbox PlayStation, uh, Xbox podcast. So I will say that again, I would have tried it for a year, you know, when the time came where you don't have to go ahead and uh, you were, at least you could have the choice to be exclusive. I would at least tried it because Xbox, I understand that they're, you know, the consoles is not so much as important to them. The games pass is, because you yeah. can put it on so many platforms. I just would have tried it once. I would have just said, you know what? Let's hold off announcing putting this on PlayStation, this Call of Duty, like five years down the road. Let's just let's just avoid saying that right now. Let's see how it goes. If we don't have X amount of people jumping over from PlayStation to Xbox, you know what? 
then we'll go ahead and say, all right, we're going to go ahead and put it on PlayStation. And there you go. I just would have tried it once. I just would right. have committed to it once to see if it's something that people will go ahead. And, because you've got to do things right now. If, if Xbox, I understand, again, that they're not focused on consoles, but the fact is they're still number three. They're still number three compared to PlayStation. PlayStation Plus is struggling right now because their their new tier system has not been a winner. They've already lost 2 million subscriptions is what they recently announced. So they're struggling to get subscriptions and keep subscriptions right now because people are just really unsure about this new tier system that they have on PlayStation Plus. I really think it would have been beneficial for them down the road when they're contractually no longer obligated to PlayStation. Just give it a try once to see what they can do. I mean, Elder Scrolls, they can make that exclusive like they did Starfield. They can make other games Fallout exclusive when the new Fallout comes. That's great and all, but I think Call of Duty would be the real kicker for people to go ahead and switch from Xbox, uh, from PlayStation to Xbox. But again, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I I also feel like a lot of like serious gamers, like people who spend a lot of time playing video games. And uh, I just feel like they already have both platforms. You know, I, I feel like there are people who, have xbox and playstation and just depending on what game they want to play is the system that they play on well not right now though i think right now in this new generation this next generation because the systems are like 500 dollars uh they're the you know the commitments financially that you have to make to both of them i think there's more division but as the system gets older maybe it, it gets less expensive at least hopefully although the playstation actually got more expensive in certain areas of the world i really think that Right now, you you have that division. You have people making a choice between one or the other simply because of the fact that logistics and expense. The previous generation, I mean, I'm looking at my, my allotment. You're right. I have my Xbox, my PlayStation, and my, my Nintendo Switch looking at me. But when it mm-hmm. comes to the next generation, like for right now, I'm only going to commit to one and not the other. Yeah, but you can look at that too, like uh, you know, upgrading your phone and then a year from now upgrading your other phone. Do you know what I mean? Like you could, depending on which platform you play on the most, upgrade to that new one first and then a year from now upgrade the other. You know what I mean? Like there there are effective, cost-effective ways to do it. But then you got to have subscriptions for both, and that's that's kind of a hassle. yeah. But you know that that kind of stuff can come and go as well. You know, you can go on a six month Xbox binge and then come back to PlayStation for a while, and you know, it, you, it's all about the games it, when it comes down to it. Exactly, and and having both just gives you uh, an opportunity to make sure you're not missing anything. So I will miss anything that is Xbox ex- exclusive because I will not buy one. But See, there you go. See, yeah. There, you know. It's, it's not my thing. Said, well, you've clearly yeah. said that there's nothing that could, that anyone could do to put you going ahead and switching over. Uh, they could put like Diablo four, five, six, and seven on there exclusively, and you know, still yeah. You know what? I would end up maybe looking at some gameplay online and imagining what it would be like. But you know, I've also been very happy with Diablo three for a number of years, so I, I expect to be happy with Diablo four for a number of years oh, too. What's so. what's this I hear? Diablo three servers shutting down? Oh, oh, that's ter- no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> excuse me what i'm kidding i gotta I'm go kidding. i'm kidding i'm kidding I can right, see i'm like only the, halfway through the rips i gotta go i can see like the one of the xboxes come by your house and just like grab you just like try out of a, seeing something <laughs> on like twilight zone just try to suck you in you're like scratching no no you right. can't take me xbox you can't take me right uh, 
I will just say for me that I think right now, looking at it because of logistics and cost and what you get at value, I am leaning towards Xbox. I'm waiting for Starfield. I'm waiting for a big game to come in before I make that decision wholeheartedly. I mean, I could switch over at any point in time to PlayStation because God of War Ragnarok is coming out in a couple of weeks and it's already getting tens on IGN to tell nice. you how much it's uh, already doing well with the, with the critics. So it's obviously the best array of first party games is on playstation there is no doubt about it that conversation ends right there with you could even say nintendo you know but you cannot say xbox xbox has been very weak when it comes to first party narrative games first party games consistently compared to playstation and even nintendo so yeah it's just something that that they have to work on and until they do until they have an array of games top end that they're able to go ahead and compete with it's going to be hard for them to go ahead and climb over playstation and nintendo because it just that's the just they've got a better value package set up than nintendo or playstation the problem is is just that the fact is they don't have the top end games that are going to bring people over and the call of duty i thought was going to be the key for them if they made it exclusive i think that would have been the kicker but now that this happening i don't know if they ever will reach a level where they're thought of as a number one gaming entity in the industry. Yeah, I, I really do think that the result of a lot of this and a lot of the games is just going to be a delayed release on PlayStation. I, I really think that that's the most severe that thing that we're going to have to contend with. What are your thoughts out there on the future of Call of Duty on PlayStation? Were you happy by the remarks said earlier this week by None other than the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Okay, wait. Wait, I, I can go invisible, right? Because this is, this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is, um, uh, that's uh, obvination? Ob, 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 <laughs> Close obvious, enough. Obvulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh, God. This is... The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast. Season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. I would like to ask you this, in all fairness, as my good friend, do you like getting weird? <laughs> you know what I do as a hobby, right? <laughs> yes, I know what you do as a hobby. As a, you understood what I was I'm talking rhetorically here, but of course, Weird yeah. debuts this weekend on Roku. It's one of their first attempts at a scripted television series or movie. In fact, Something which a lot of companies have touched on as far as dabbled with as far as uh, doing live scripted television or live scripted movies. And a lot of them have bailed out upon it. But Roku is the latest entity to go ahead and start into it. And what do they do? They start off with Weird, the Al Yankovic story starring none other than Daniel Radcliffe. If you get a chance, uh, my good friend, Mr. Brett Allen, had a chance to speak to Daniel Radcliffe. So go ahead and give him a shout out on the Brett Allen show on YouTube. Go ahead and you can check out his latest interview there. But I know that Daniel Radcliffe is making the rounds, but with Weird Al, you know, he's 
the all-time greatest at doing satirical music. He's created basically a market in and of himself that no one has been able to come close to. And that's the thing. When he stops making music, I wonder where that type of genre is going to go to because the fact that there is no one else that has been able to do it with any success the, at the level that he has. And this movie itself is actually, with his sense of humor, is fitting right in because it's a tongue-in-cheek satire of him and the way he got rose up to fame. And most of it is probably exaggerated or not even true, but, you know, <laughs> especially going over to Madonna's house and uh, doing uh, some stuff with her as far right. as... Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. In terms yeah, they, of getting weird. Yeah. Yes. And they got very weird. But, yeah. you know, be that as it may, it is weird out. So you knew it was going to go ahead and be off the rails. I am still one of the few who saw UHF back in the day. And I loved it. And I thought it was funny. I thought it was entertaining. But I'm only like five people that actually saw it back in the day. But your thoughts on this? I think more than five people are going to check this out. It's getting actually very good reviews. And I think if you have Roku or you're thinking about getting a Roku either this weekend or by the time Black Friday rolls around, I think you should go out of your way to check out Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Yeah, I think it's it's very solid advice. And I mean, Ellen herself has given away more than enough Roku TVs for more than five people to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the built-in so, or buy you bought the stick, you know, yeah, my gosh, yeah. it's very easy. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a serious question. That's not oh, so oh. weird. Okay. What is your, what is your favorite weird Yankovic song? And don't tell me you don't have one because Ooh. you've been on radio for a number of years. So don't yeah, tell me. Yeah, twenty years. My goodness. Um, Amish Paradise is right up there. Um, Rest in peace, Julio. Yeah, um, because uh, you know I I loved Gangsters Paradise and and uh, yeah that was great. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many. Yes, and is. I can only, I'm only seeing like flashes of videos right now. So funny how your brain works sometimes, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Amish Paradise is definitely right up there among my favorite uh, from Weird Al. Because his style, you know, the way he makes these songs were so visual and that he could correlate them onto a video platform. He was a king of, of MTV with, you know, his Eat It uh, videos and other, other videos that he was doing as far as similar in vain. I mean, so many of them. Like smells like Teen Spirit or smells like Nirvana, the Nirvana yep. song that, yeah, that was played tremendously on MTV. And then you had, like I said later on God. when YouTube came out, he's been a hit on YouTube ever since. Mine is Word Crimes. I will tell you that from the last decade, and actually from a comedy music standpoint, him getting a number one on the top of the Billboard charts was something that was never thought to be believed. And it's still something that even he says he smiles about to this day when it's mentioned to him or he thinks about it because he never even thought he would get that far as far as success is concerned. Yeah, I, I think it's it's just a credit a credit to his musicianship. And like he he really carved out his own niche position in popular culture. And I know there have been times when people have listened to songs and been like, man, Weird Al is going to have a blast with this one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the number it's, it's like 150 parodies that he's done. Um, it smells yeah. like Nirvana, by the way, is the title oh. of his, his there you go. Nirvana. Co- I, I remember seeing that video. Absolutely loving that video. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Okay. So I'm, I did cheat a little bit. I did Google, but we've got like a surgeon, <laughs> uh, white and nerdy. Forgot all about that one. 
another one rides that the was bus. The Devo, was that the Devo cover that he did? Which one is that? No, oh, Dare to be Stupid was the Dare. It was the um, Devo cover. Yes. Okay. Yep. Perform this way. Word yeah. Crimes is still my favorite, though. And again, that's from the the number one uh, album that he had, and you know, just the tremendous success that he's had over the year. I mean, look yeah. at you. You're combing over his entire discography. And right. you're like, I remember that one. I remember right. that one, Gerald. I remember that one. Because there's so yeah. many. There's so many that he's created. I, I know he's great in concert. Uh, I understand that he's he's still very successful even to this day when he goes around from theater to theater across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just a, a tremendous amount of success. And, of course, you know, with Daniel Radcliffe playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is a funny in and of itself. You know, yeah. that he's actually playing this role. I, I, I love the comments that were made when he was announced that <laughs> it'll be the, you know, he, the what the most important role he's ever played. Weird Al was saying, <laughs> forget about the Harry <laughs> Potter thing. But right. yeah, uh, I will say again, it's just great having him, uh, you know, do be if having him in this position where he, he's being rewarded for his lifelong work even if it is the only way he can do it is in satire as far as making a biopic like this, even though it's very satirical and very untrue, it is still no less weird out. And no less entertaining. Yes. That's yeah. the most important thing. Cause he's all, all the things we've said and done over the years and concerns weird out. He has no been no less entertaining from, from early on to where he's is recently, all of his great music over the course of many decades now, Cannot believe he's been a part of pop culture now since the eighties and he's still been, mm-hmm. just, he, he seems like he's, he's not going to continue stopping at any point in time. So just happy for his success. He's someone that again, has been so much a part of the music culture. I think that a lot of artists, like you said, just are begging for him to go ahead and, and cover one of their songs. Yeah, exactly. That was the bar. And once Weird Al did a, a cover or a, a, a parody of, of one of your tracks, you were you legitimately had made it. Absolutely. indeed. Yeah. But what are your thoughts out there on Weird? Do you think Melinda and I and everybody out there should get weird this weekend on Roku with Weird, the Al Yankovic story? I wouldn't mind getting weird. In fact, I will try to go ahead and see if I can get weird by catching it this weekend. Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Action Figure Adventure is back with Season 2, and we're going further than ever before. Checking out more toy stores than ever before and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll chat about Holy Grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections. Action Figure Adventure Season 2. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Jinx TV Canada. Well, my friend, there's still a lot more to talk about on today's program. Wanted to go ahead and cover some of the new releases on Netflix. We'll cover the straight-up one first, and that's Manifest, the canceled NBC show with the kind of, uh, I guess, a very mysterious thing that's going on for these passengers that actually were on a flight that, I guess, for some reason or another, that's been, you know, that's actually detailed in the show, got you know, a whole lot of mysterious stuff going on there. And a whole lot of things have happened to them since, because ever since they landed, their lives have been changed uh, and altered dramatically ever since. And for three seasons, it had a a pretty good run on NBC, but NBC let it go. And 
there was so much of a demand once it went on reruns on Netflix that Netflix ordered a fourth season because of the sheer demand. So it comes out this weekend with the fourth and final season of Manifest. Are you excited to go ahead and have your name on the Manifest? I'm excited to have a show like this wrap up in a way that is hopefully going to be very different than the disastrous finale of lost i don't know why but the two just feel like echoes of each other i know abrams has nothing to do with manifest i I know but it's just uh it's just one of those things the parallels are very similar as far as from a supernatural standpoint right and the plane and the passengers on a plane are involved in in both shows i don't know maybe maybe i'm grasping at straws on that one but no, I, I enjoyed what I've seen of Manifest. I'm not up to date on it. It's more homework that I have to do. But If the answer is they're all dead, then I'm just out. Forget it. Yeah. Forget <laughs> right. It. right. And then you tried know, that once before did not work. Yeah. And that's going to answer uh, perhaps a bit of the question that we're going to talk about later because Hollywood is in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of things going on with Hollywood right now. A lot of entities right now are really in financial trouble, but what are your thoughts out there? You're going to catch Manifest on Netflix. Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we go ahead and talk about the entertainment industry and turmoil, wanted to go ahead and touch on the irony of a new show on Netflix entitled Blockbuster, based loosely <laughs> off the final Blockbuster video store that's in Oregon. I know this is something that Netflix executives are very happy about. I know that the critics aren't liking it, but I think at this point it's a... It's kind of like an Ant-Man with Marvel because Marvel, the first two Ant-Mans, they didn't do that great, but Marvel really loves the Ant-Man property and just, you know, just really loves how vital it was to part of the MCU. And hopefully the third Ant-Man will be something that's really financially successful. But when it comes to Blockbuster, the fact that Netflix was such a small entity at the time in the early 2000s that they actually proposed to Blockbuster to buy them. For I think like twenty to twenty-five million dollars. I don't remember the exact price off the top of my head, but yeah. they actually asked them to buy them, and Blockbuster just laughed and just sent them away. And they never really got the concept of putting discs in envelopes and mailing them to people until it was too late. They tried their own hand at it, didn't kind of work, even though they had the advantages of thousands of bricks and brick and mortar stores at one time and. The irony of the fact that they actually closed down all but one store after having, again, thousands of stores. In fact, two of your, or two of our uh, cohorts in crime on the demolition force were both blockbuster managers. Uh, I know that uh, myself, that I was uh, associated with a Hollywood video chain when I worked for Game Crazy and ran Game Crazy stores. So I know Hollywood video managers. I have two still that are friends in my life. But I know that Netflix uh, has just basically enjoyed it and are enjoying it now as we speak the fact that blockbuster exists in only a sitcom only format yeah you know i i I feel a number of different ways about this and the irony is there yeah there's also a part of me just that just feels like a, a blockbuster show being on netflix is in bad taste there's there's a there's a part of my brain that that is is thinking that However, it's Netflix, it's Netflix just say, you know, it's spoils. It's like they're rubbing it in their face. It's rubbing yes. it in. Right. And and I just, I just feel like that's not, it's not a thing that we need to do. It, it's so long ago now uh, that Blockbuster is, you know, pretty much gone. 
Um, but I also understand of, uh, you know, the wanting to celebrate and, you know, really show how they, you know, defeated the giant of Blockbuster at that time. You know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm conflicted about it. Will well, I watch of, it? Probably, yeah. but I'm conflicted. I'm going to give it a shot as well. I said that to the, the chat for the Dem- Demolition Force. I told them that they would. Actually, you had a great suggestion. Maybe we should bring both uh, Adam and Roger on the air. So I'm, hopefully I can get them lined up for an interview so they can talk about some memories that they have. And their, I guess, appreciation or lack thereof, they have it or not, for the new series. So they're going to go ahead and um, hopefully check out episodes of that and let us know. I am going to check it out and let everybody know my thoughts on it as well. But when it comes to Blockbuster, I would not have made it on a loosely off the Blockbuster, the final Blockbuster of the day. I would have based it off of what was Blockbuster like back in the day or maybe some of the things that led them to this point there. I think that would have been more compelling. You could have even done it in a dark comedy type format, but I would have done it from that vantage point to where these are the things that happened this is the height of success of the Roman Empire, so to speak, when it concerns right. Blockbuster, and then the fall of the Roman Empire from Blockbuster. I think that is more compelling to me than just, okay, these are the misadventures of having the final Blockbuster, and there you go. Because they've already done a documentary on the final Blockbuster in real life that actually I think you could have seen or could see on Netflix that is actually, from what I hear, really, really good. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but I, from what I've seen, it looks pretty good. So I just think that, for me, the Blockbuster series is, I don't want to say it's ill-timed, but it's ill-placed in where it should have covered. I hope somebody does do that, and not just in a documentary sake. I hope somebody actually covers that, because I think it's a compelling story in and of itself, where you have a company... Just like, for instance, when I ran... I was general manager for a Montgomery Ward. That was at the height of the success. That was Walmart before Walmart. And look at where they are now. They're basically a non-entity that my, my wife didn't even know still existed on this planet when they sent me a package the other day so that they're still somewhat alive on, on online only. But they're not what they once were. Neither is Blockbuster. I would have loved a, a show or a series to touch on that as far as the, the rise and then the fall of these large entities, these once large entities, I think that is much more compelling than doing a sitcom on the final store. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm, I, I agree. <laughs> you agree, indeed. Yeah, I just think it's just so much more compelling. I just think because yeah. everybody that's that's what twenty five and older has some type of blockbuster story. I think especially when it concerns video games. Oh yeah, you used to, we used to go rent video games and. You always have those great memories, especially if you're 30s and 40s, going going to the Blockbuster and getting the games or the systems and whatnot. Some of the most valuable video games in the marketplace are Blockbuster exclusives. So those are some of the most valuable video games that you can get on auction right now are from Blockbuster. So yeah, just a, just I think that the better story is not the one that they're telling right now on Netflix. I think this is just a self-gratification and just a way for Netflix to say, you know what? Ha, 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 we won, we won. Yeah, there's just something about that that makes me a little bit uncomfortable, I guess. But, you know, I have had my first, no, it wasn't my first. It was like my second or third full-time job in radio. And uh, the general manager always preached, 
take the high road at every single opportunity that you can. And this just doesn't come across as taking the high road. It feels like a cheap shot, you know? And, and I think, I think that's maybe where I'm coming from, you know, being conflicted about wanting to watch it. Because everything's great for Netflix now, 220 million plus subscribers, even though they're, they're still reporting losses like everyone else is from things. It's still 220 million subscribers. There's karma. So at some point in time, yes. 10, 15 years down the road, someone could be making a sitcom about them. Yeah, absolutely. We may all be watching Paramount Plus by then. Well, that's one of the entities right now that's struggling. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. What are your thoughts out there on Blockbuster on Netflix? Do you like the irony and all that? Or are you going to check it out? Randall Park's new sitcom. This outing has not gotten great advanced reviews, but I am still going to check it out. And hopefully we can bring our friends on that play with us at the Demolition Force that were both Blockbuster store managers in Roger and Adam. Hopefully we can go ahead and get them on the show to talk about their experiences. So please let us know your thoughts. Are you going to go ahead and check out Blockbuster on Netflix? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, I do want to go ahead and touch on some of those financial issues. As Paramount Plus reported some big losses. Warner Brothers Discovery also reported some big losses lionsgate over a billion and closer to two billion dollars in losses warner Bros. was over two billion as far as that's concerned they've talked all talked about some major losses the cw the longtime cw ceo has left they put someone new place and there's major cuts coming to ceo right now the entertainment industry is in turmoil a lot of financials are not going the way that they want to obviously the economy world economy at this point in time with inflation and some other things not trying to get political or anything like that i'm just trying to say that the current situation as far as the the economic wise is not benefiting these streaming outlets at the present time i'm not saying it's the doom or death knell by any stretch of the imagination because there's too much good content on these streaming outlets for them not to be a part of our lives in fact it is preferential for me for streaming than on broadcast television, because I think it just blows away anything I see on broadcast television for the most part. But your thoughts on this, my friend, because again, the CW is the one I worry about the most or think about the most because they've got a new CEO in place. This individual has said about cost cutting is going to be a priority. Is this the beginning of the end of the CW? You know what? I really hope not. Um, I really, what I loved about the CW is the same thing that I used to love about MTV. Sorry, much music if you were in Canada. Um, And that is that it was, it's a, it's a place for teens to go to watch the kind of shows that, that really appeal to them. But I just think that a lot of that really specific teen programming is going to get lost. And that really is a shame. Uh, that makes me very sad for, you know, teens that are coming up. Not that a lot of them are probably watching cable TV, but, uh, you know, it was always nice for them to have a place to go and, and see their stories kind of reflected back at them instead of, you know, uh, watching a show and it's, you know, the teenager gets in trouble again. Well, there's still a lot of, again, entertainment industry stalwarts that are suffering through a lot of financial issues. Uh, Peacock, Universal, that's also one that's reported losses. I don't think anybody right now is going to be looking, smelling, or at least none of these entities are going to be smelling like a rose. You can probably include Disney and, again, Netflix. 
they're all going to be suffering over the next period of time just because the way the economy is. Of course, when the economy benefits, they benefit. That's pretty much what it comes down to. But I know a lot of them have started saying, okay, we're either going to increase our ads for ad-supported tiers or we're going to go ahead and decrease programming. I think the one thing, or at least cost-cutting on the programming per se, I really think that we're going to get a, a decrease in the amount of content we're going to get to some of these streaming outlets, which is going to be a bummer. But hopefully what it will do is we'll weed out the bad and give us more of the good that we need. Yeah, there's something to be said for that as well. But also, you know, we happen to tell a couple of really rad stories on Saturdays and Mondays. If somebody wants to take that and turn that into a script and develop into a show, I'm all for it. Just give me a call. (laughs) I'll save it. (laughs) Same here. Same here as well. But, you know, it's just something that. I think that we need to keep an eye on. And if you want to go ahead and check out what we do each and every time out at the Facebook on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos, you can check out the latest news and information where I post the financials, good and bad, on the entertainment industry, stalwarts such as Disney, Netflix, Warner Brothers Discovery, the whole nine yards. I go ahead and make sure you, you are up to date on that because this can affect you and your viewing going forward because the fact that they don't have enough money that they put into or a lot of these projects, a lot of these projects you've enjoyed over the years may not be there in the future. Was it Discovery that had that took um, a bunch of, uh, they did like a whole bunch of different channels. It would be like Discovery uh-huh. Civilization, Discovery, uh-huh. da, Discovery. Da. I loved that so much. I loved the Discovery Civilization channel. I would watch that for days on end. I but loved the problem, it. But the problem is all these experimental things that all these streaming outlets did, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff at the, like the, when the, two years ago, when it was the Wild West for streaming outlets, you know, when they yeah. were seeing a whole bunch of everything thrown out there, you know, uh, Queeby, you know, when that was uh, something that was tried and that, uh, you know, just crash landed almost within, Actually, within a year, it crash landed as well. I mean, that's something, again, you were seeing all that experimentational stuff. And there were some uh, fringe channels, which were also out that time, that you, you don't see right now. simply because the economy has changed, mm-hmm. unfortunately, tightened. Belts are getting tightened. And unfortunately, because of that, you know, a lot of things have to suffer. I still think you're going to find a lot of good programming on streaming. I still think you're going to find the best programming on streaming. I just think that right now you're going to see a lot of these players on the fringe on both broadcast, cable, and streaming outlets. You're going to see them in the next two to three years. They always have said it was going to be a a war for your dollar. Well, it's going to be a war for your dollar that's going to be ending up with a lot of casualties in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, and that that truly is unfortunate. You don't like to hear of any industry having any kind of struggle, so... Hopefully, well, not hopefully, we're, we'll all get through it. There's no question about that. And uh, it's just going to be a, a matter of, you know, tightening up the belt, as you said, and uh, making sure that they're pushing out the best of the best of the best of their content consistently. What are your thoughts out there on the current status, as they say, of the entertainment industry? A lot of entertainment industry leaders are not exactly doing as well as they would like, with a lot of them reporting Heavy hits, major losses, major cuts on the way for a lot of these entities. So are you concerned that your favorite television station, television channel, or television show or movie is going to get canceled in sometime in the near future? Please let us know your thoughts. Pop culture cosmos at Yahoo.com. 
If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, we're almost on out of here, my friend. Another great hour is coming up here in the books, but before we head on out, Jennifer Lawrence is back in the spotlight. I know that uh, Don't Look Up was uh, her basic return to entertainment. I know she took time off to start building a family. I know this week she said that she totally regrets Passengers, although that made $400 million. I understand it was critically blasted, but I didn't think the movie was that bad and made $400 million for Sony. And it's not every day you have a movie that makes $400 million, but I guess that's an issue in and of itself. She is showing up in Causeway which is a movie on Apple TV plus that actually debuts this weekend in regards to a individual who's suffered a traumatic brain injury while uh, deployed overseas as a soldier and, and is struggling to, you know, I guess uh, come to grips with what's going on in, in that individual's world when they come back to, to life in the States, your thoughts on Jennifer Lawrence. I really think that she was at one time, one of the biggest actresses in the world. She's an outstanding actress can really act when given the opportunity. I really think that there's a future for her to be back on top, but it's going to be a, something as far as getting the right project. Because with all these actors and actresses, it's about getting that right project to go ahead and put them back on top. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, since she became a mom, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who Balance. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, and who Jennifer Lawrence, the actress, is going to evolve into and, uh, you know, the kind of actress that she will be because, you know, that big of a life change is going to affect all aspects of your life. But what are your thoughts out there on Causeway on Apple TV Plus? Are you willing to check it out? Are you excited to check out Jennifer Lawrence's latest project in Causeway? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, a couple last things to talk about before we head on out, but Miss PlayStation, I have to go mm -hmm. ahead and talk to you about more PlayStation. You heard the good news earlier about Call of Duty staying on the PlayStation, although you said it's going to come with caveats, and I'm not going to say I disagree with you on that. And if you are right, you are certainly going to be called Miss Clairvoyant from here on out. <laughs> yeah. But I, I will say when it comes to PlayStation, they announced finally a date and a price for the PlayStation VR 2. So the PSVR 2 is finally got a release date. It's been long rumored on when it's going to come out. It's going to come out in February, February 22nd of next year. The price, at least the entry level price, if you want a game with it or like the call of, uh, excuse me, Horizon Call of the Mountain game, that's going to be a little bit more expensive, but the entry level is $549.99. Yeah, and doesn't include games. No, I, it, it, I'm sure it does something, you know, like little basic stuff as far as, you know, they like they throw in with the PlayStation 5, they throw a little sampler at you or some little like what the robot mascot game or something like that, you know, something to test out the VR. But yeah, if you want the new Horizon game that's going to come out at that point in time, that's going to come out at, at $50 extra. Yeah. 
think 11 or 12 is going to be at the time of launch, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, yeah, nothing super outstanding that's that's showcasing the, the as far as such a great value for it. But your thoughts, I want to hear this. I think 549, uh, I'm not exactly a big VR fan. And I've said this on the show. And I've talked to Douglas Hoyabu at Retro City Games, who has PSVR. Talked to other individuals that have had VR over the years that absolutely love the experience. I have not loved the experience, not that I get motion sickness or anything. I just didn't think it was worth it to go ahead and invest that kind of money in it because I saw Microsoft's Illuma Room at CES several years ago, and that just right. yeah, gave me an experience like, that's the experience I want. That's the experience we don't have. That's the experience we'll probably won't get until 10, 20 years down the road. So I will wait for that. But with PSVR, if you want to go ahead, it's less apparatus, but there's still apparatus. You still got to go ahead and use, of course, you got to use the headset and all that. I'm just not into it, especially paying even more in the United States for it than a PlayStation 5, although it will be the same price in some areas of the world because some areas of the world, PlayStation 5, was the price was hiked up. I just don't think or I don't see a situation where I need it or I'm going to be buying it anytime soon. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, at least for now, because right now I'm in a, a pretty unique situation where if I need entertainment, I'm in a position where I get to create it myself and share that with my friends. And that becomes our tabletop virtual reality, if you want to. Or throwing jokes at, at Robbie. Exactly. Yeah. So I that I provides just, you hours of entertainment right there. <laughs> it truly does. But, you know, I, I ju- it just takes my my need for virtual reality and, and kind of like stuffs it down the priority list quite far. I will say, hopefully, that VR can become an easier barrier of entry, not just price-wise, but technology-wise, to a larger audience. I think that in its current state, it will never reach the intended audience it needs to get because it's just not deemed as need not it's just a it's just a want or it's just yeah. as, it's okay i like to get it or i think kind of cool it's not a, like a playstation 5 where you had to get a playstation 5 or when the xbox series x came out oh this is cutting edge you have to go ahead and get it whereas psvr 2 and MetaQuest 2 are like eh, okay all right maybe someday yeah absolutely I'm, I'm with you oh i'm with you down this road as well gerald all right. But what are your thoughts out there on the PSVR 2's expected release date in February 22nd, 2023? That's as of now. I should always put caveat subject to change without notice, seemingly. And also as well, the price of $549. Is that too expensive for you to get into the PSVR 2? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out... I'm going to tell you about an impending tragedy that's coming November 20th to many (laughs) McDonald's stores across the country. And that is the last day, supposedly, according to the ad campaign, that you'll be able to have a McRib because the McRib is supposedly on its final, final showcase this time around because they recently debuted it again, as they do every time around this year and comes out for a few weeks and everybody seems to enjoy it. And then it goes away. Well, they said that this time is the final time as far as their advertising campaign. But I did a little research and noticed that earlier this century that they've not only done it once, 
but twice. And actually, they've done it actually even earlier than that and saying this is the final time that you can get the McRib. Your thoughts on the McRib? I absolutely love it. I've actually had one on the air with Josh previously. So everybody has seen barbecue sauce dripping from my mouth and dripping on the sides of my <laughs> cheek and, and actually doing an episode with me just, it just smeared across my face. Your thoughts on the McRib, and could this be the final time for the McRib at McDonald's on our way out? Anything is possible. Also, you know, social media campaigns have an, uh, a pretty good way of changing corporations' minds sometimes. Well, they'll bring it back. They'll bring it back. Yeah, the, there'll be something about that. But uh, on a personal level, I have never experienced the McRib. Uh, <gasps> I know, I know. I understand if we can't be friends anymore, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I, I just like the Big Mac or some nugs. That's all I need. Yeah. All right. Well, well, Big Mac for me, no cheese, but I will say when it comes to the McRib, I will have one for you this weekend. Uh, just Fair enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are your thoughts out there on the McRib? Is this in your belief, the final year as what they're saying from McDonald's on the McRib? I don't think so. If pork prices go cheap once again, I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing a reinvigorated version of the McRib. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. It looks like your dog wants a McRib. See, you mentioned he, McRibs. Yeah, he definitely does. And yeah. he's probably going to take the laptop down here in a second. Uh-oh, oh, watch no, out. he's on his way. He's on his way. He's going somewhere else. Okay, he just wanted enough. to check in. Melinda, it's been a great episode. You've kicked butt as always. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Oh my goodness. Last thoughts, last thoughts, last thoughts. McRib? Uh, McRib, yeah. Also, coming up next week, you're going to get the podcast form of last Monday's, so this past Monday's Wild Beyond the Witchlight, because it was a Halloween, so we did a Halloween special instead. And while you get a chance to experience my me expressing myself musically, and, you know, to varying degrees of success and a lot of shocked sounds from my players around the table. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun to record. Weekend at Strahd's, if, if anybody is familiar with it. It's a, it's a really fun game. But it, it relies on a lot of music, and you can't play music in podcasts because of copyrights. So I uh, did my own little rendition of some of the songs that you needed in it. As long as it didn't end up to be Weekend at Bernie's. Well, that's what it's a parody of. Okay. So it, there's so many like 80s references and, and 80s well, music. Well, as long as your audience didn't turn into Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, no, uh, no, I don't think that they did. But uh, there were there were some pretty good laughs around the table. And uh, that one is always a lot of fun when I get a chance to run it. I always will. I think I'll keep it in my back pocket for a very long time in my, you know, DM tool belt. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we just found out that our mini campaign for Vampires and Vitae is going to be extended by another eight weeks. Tyler is coming back so we can get back to the main campaign. But in order for that to happen with the new job, we've got to go ahead and, you know, kind of he's got to kind of earn that from his boss. So we're looking at another eight weeks before he'll be back with us on Sundays. So the uh, mini campaign will will march on there you go indeed but go ahead and check out what she's doing today at vampires and vitae plus also wizards of wine with wild beyond the Witchlight on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts so from melinda barkhouse ross will be convincing her husband on what she would like to get this christmas 
Good luck, Robbie. You'll need it. Sorry, he's in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, watch out, watch out. This is Gerald Glassford. That's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great Listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.